There we go. We're back again for another episode of Friday Night Counter-Attack. Uh, Hamza and Salim, the main guys, back again. Looking forward to this one because we've got a really big preview of the Premier League coming up on this episode. We've got a brand new manager in the Premier League and we probably have one of the most bizarre talking points of the season so far, I would say. So Salim, good to see you again. How's everything going? You all okay? Yeah, good, thanks. To be, um, yeah, it's been a while since we've recorded, but yeah, all good. Uh, just work as normal and um, so I've had a bit of an injury so I've not been in the gym or played football for a while but I sort of got sure. back Saturday mm. uh, days back and yeah really felt it I think I hadn't played for about three or four weeks so yeah it's all good now just needed a bit of rest but it was quite hard getting back into it you know after being you know going every day to gym or football to like not going for about four weeks you know being sort of inactive for that long it, it does you know, take its toll on you. But no, no, I feel good. My body feels good. I've been going back to the gym and back to normal, which is always nice. That's brilliant too, because we were talking, I think it was the last time or the time before when we were talking about how your mentality uh, drops after you've, you've stopped exercising for quite a while. I think we spoke about that end of January, early February as well, when you were on as well. And that's just something that you can relate to now as well in terms of how you actually have to come back from it, how you feel when you don't exercise, that kind of thing. What yeah. kind of injury did you have, Salim? So I had a bit of like a strain on, on my knee. It was mm. sort of the right part of my knee. It was a bit of a strange injury, a strange injury. Like I've never had it before, but yeah. yeah. And I was, I think it might have been like an impact injury. Like nothing was like broken. It was just quite a lot of pain from there. And um, yeah, that, that was it really. It was just my knee and it was just quite bad. And then my shoulder was quite bad from gym. But no, it was a good, good break. Like obviously I wish... You know, I hate missing football anyway, as, as you know, as much as I do. But yeah, the, yeah the, definitely. The, so behind the knee on my right leg, which is, I don't know why it's been so bad. But yeah, it's just, something's just obviously not right there. But no, I think everything's a lot better now. I've got, I bought a foam roller as well, which is really good. They're very useful. They're really yeah, useful. They're, they're really good. Like after every gym session, you know, especially if I'm doing back or something, I'm always on it. But mm. yeah, I've, um, I've got that now as well at home. And it's always nice to use that after every session every day it's nice just do a nice five minute foam roll uh really sort of loosens you out it's like a massage there for you you know by yourself yeah you always need that as well because especially when you go from like playing on grass to astroturf to like really hard grounds as well it really yeah. it really takes its toll in a way and i've kind of experienced that as well when you play on astroturf a lot when you play on hard ground and when you play on uh, grass as well those same kind of the changes in your body from used to playing and used to running even it gets a bit difficult. So having a foam roller, that's a good tip for anyone listening who needs to, who needs some recoveries um, from their football, from their gym sessions as well, which is brilliant as well. Um, but no, hopefully you're back on the men and hopefully you get to see you playing for Inter Batley and that Friday night football soon. When are you next coming back? Yeah, I need to come down. I've not been in a while. Um, I'm planning, I will probably get one, one more in hmm. before, and that's the plan. But if not, I mean, work is really flexible. Like if I've ever got a team that's in the Birmingham office that I'm yeah. working with, like just go down and, you know, get a hotel. I've obviously explained my situation to them. So yeah, hopefully if I get, my plan is to hopefully get a couple of Birmingham clients or, you know, Birmingham people, and then, you know, I can come down and stay a few days and be a lot easier for me, you know, down to come down with like work as well. So it gives me more of a reason to come down. Not that you know, I'm not sure of reasons to come down as it is, but yeah. Exactly. yeah. No, I can't wait for that because you can get like an in-person recording of a podcast that like we've been saying forever to get everyone together. I know. That'd be great. Quite bad. I've just been like really busy, um, you know, as, as we all have been. Mm. 
yeah, it's just been, you know, work, work's been really busy for me. And, you know, so I've been at home as well. And I've been going to the office a couple of days a week. You know, we've, we've got a Christmas party this week. But oh, wow. Really, the spring ball. So mm. <laughs> we're lucky to be attending that because uh, obviously the Christmas party would have been before I joined. But, mm. but yeah, everything, you know, I'm, I'm happy with how things are going in that sense. And I just need to sort of get back and play more football. My fitness needs to get back up and... I need to, I think I need to just do a bit more training. I think that's, that's it. And yeah, you know, we're going to be fasting soon in about a month's time. Which so, is fast. Gonna... so fast, so fast, Ramadan just sneaks Yeah, like so quick, Crazy. you know, it's, you know, one of the best times, especially up here in Batley, um, mm. atmosphere-wise, it's, you know, it's unmatched and it's nice to get to meet people that you've not seen in a long time and spend time with, you know, various people. And, you know, it's a good time for like reflection, especially, I think you get to reflect a lot as well. But yeah, it, it, it's going to be quite, it's going to be a good month, I'm hoping for. And then, you know, on to the next after that, it's going to be summer before we know it. Yeah, that's exactly it. And literally, I was recording this, we're in March as well. It's crazy how time flies over the year and over the season as well. Like even for me, I'm still good to go with like my three, four weeks of continuously playing football and exercising and coaching. All of, it all kind of takes its toll in a way. It's just one of them when you're doing so many things and you just need to kind of sit back, relax and kind of just, get back to a bit of reality as well. So I've taken a step back from a couple of things as well, which has helped me academically with university and work-wise and uh, social-wise as well, which is great. So it's like when you, you're always saying yes to something new, you want to try something new, you want to do different things, but it's just about kind of enjoying your own kind of time and enjoying your own kind of um, your freedom yeah. in a way as well, because you, you can just lose track of days and weeks, just like I said before, we're in March already in 2022. Incredible. I I feel like, you know, whenever you put like a date in the calendar, personally, I think like whenever you put like a date in your calendar saying, oh, you know, on so-and-so date, I'm going to go, you know, I don't know, London or something like that. You know, mm. next, you know that, that date's already here. You know, you count down like 10, 9, 8 days. And next thing you know, you're already sort of there. You're flying out. You're going here. You're going there. So, yeah, you know, things have been going really quick. We're in quite a fast-paced environment, I think people are appreciating being able to go out more. That's one point that I did make. Um, if you if you remember, like we couldn't even, you know, go to like a cinema, for example, or even play football, like just simple things like exactly. that. Even like shops were closed. So it's just like the little things that, you know, you can, you know, get a train down to London now and, you know, have a nice day out or even fly abroad and have a nice time, which was unthinkable at, you know, this point, maybe a year even ago. Last year. Yeah. yeah, a year ago, a year and a half ago, you know, you'd, you'd never, you know, they're still putting plans out last year as to how we're going to get back to so Freedom Day and you got pushed back a few times. But, you know, we're here we are and we just, you know, you need to be grateful. That's it. 100%. Really well put, Salem. Nicely done there. And yeah, um, that's literally it. You've got to be grateful for what the situation is and really appreciative of where we are at this time in our lives as well, which is fantastic. And um, yeah, um, going forward, hopefully, um, I don't know, I don't even know if Arif and Vish are going to do another Hoff in the summer. That'd be something to look forward to, wouldn't it? It'd be great to have another little tournament like that. Yeah, 100%. You know, you know my feelings on Hoff last year. I thought, personally, I was quite unlucky. Mm. If you highlights back, you know, I don't think I've missed that many chances in my life in a game. But I mean, I was so unlucky not to play until, like, what yeah. we were losing. So I'm like, well, that was a waste of a day for me anyway. But uh, you always need something to look forward to, don't you, in terms of, like, yeah. football-wise and social-wise and stuff like that, which is but the now- case. Obviously, you know, you know my feelings for it, and you know, mm-hmm. we, as a team, I thought we were really unlucky. I thought we did. I, I think we did a lot of the right things. You know, we 
we were really unlucky to come out of that, you know, not winning. You know, we all played fairly well, but I just feel like, you know, they were a bit smarter. But, you know, I don't want to go on about half. It was it was a great day. Um, I thought it was a really good day overall. Um, it was just nice to sort of, for me, it's just nice to catch up with everybody, you know, whether it was on their team or our team, just everyone. I just enjoyed FNF. 100%. Yeah, just seeing everyone in person as well. Like every time I go, I just value it a bit more in terms of, seeing everyone in person, catching up with them, because for, the, for them, it's like normal. Every Friday they go and play, but yeah. it's like you and I, it's like whenever we can go and make the trip. We've discussed this before as well, and that's why we appreciate having our conversations on the podcast, but also seeing each other in person is a lot better anyway, as we all know and, and appreciate as well. Which is yeah, great. it's crazy. Like for FNF, you know, I used to be like probably the person that lived the closest. Hmm. I think I was like a three-minute drive away, and now I'm like probably the furthest away. Exactly. And, you know, maybe two years three years straight I never even missed the game either and you know now it's like this where I probably get you know a game a month if I'm lucky but you know I'll never forget the sort of good times I had at FNF and you know I made some really good friendships with a lot of people there and you know even bringing you in was um was quite good just <laughs> wish I did it sooner but no no you, you came at a good time you know we, we played together for probably like a year at least definitely a year at least and then everything just went away which is crazy yeah. Nah, definitely. Um, but no, it's nice to catch up in that way as well, which has been good. And even for the listener listening, this is like the first time we've spoken on the podcast for quite a while because we've had a lot of other interviews that, I've, that we've been posting as well that we recorded previously. So it's good to have a nice little catch up live on the podcast, which is great. Um, but yeah, let's get into it, Salem. League Cup final, Kepa missing a penalty, Mendy being subbed off. I thought that was a travesty. Everyone has their own opinions, but my opinion was Eobard Mendy had one of the best games I've ever seen a goalkeeper have in a domestic cup final in England, he was outstanding. He was brilliant. And so was the Liverpool keeper, uh, Keller, 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 I forget. Keller, yeah. Both Irish. keepers were, yeah, Irish backup keepers, fantastic. But I know Tuchel was like, oh yeah, Kepa's done really well in the Super Cup. That's how we did it. It's better at saving penalties. But Mendy at the African Cup of Nations, like I said to you on the group chat, he did it for Senegal. He could do it for Chelsea if he was in the, in the thing. But I, I was shocked and I was... It was just blown away. I thought Mendy could have been the hero once again because he was a hero for 120 minutes for Chelsea and Mason Mount missing all of those chances as well. I remember telling everyone after the Euros final, Mason Mount was our worst player on the pitch when he was playing. And I was like, oh no, it wasn't Mason. It wasn't, it wasn't Mason's fault. We lost on penalties. We could have done better. I'm like, no, Mason was the creative player in that team who had chances and still had chances for Chelsea. It's the same situation. They lose on penalties as well. Um, but yeah, those are my first thoughts on the League Cup final. Do you have anything to kind of add to that, Zyla? Um, to be honest, I watched parts of the game, but I watched all of extra time and I watched penalties too. Yeah. Personally, I thought, you know, I think Chelsea were a bit unlucky with the offside call, the Lukaku one where he scored, because that, that did look did look on yeah. to me, you know, from where I was watching. But, you know, maybe I'm wrong. But then there was the, the challenge on Chalabar from Keita, I believe, which, you know, I don't understand how he walked away from with nothing from that challenge. I believe. Yeah, so there was he just got away with it. If that was like a Man United player, or if it, I always use the term. If it was Granite Xhaka for Arsenal, someone yeah, with a reputation, red Xhaka. card straight away. Red card straight away. But if if, it, if it's Xhaka, you know the cards coming out before the tackles made, probably. Exactly. But before the impact. But yeah, there was that, and then I thought <laughs> I thought Chelsea's sub sort of improved them, whereas Liverpool's sub sort of slowed them down slightly. Yeah, I thought so as well. From what Actually, I was watching nothing you know significant other than you know if you I think Chelsea sort of offside again I think 
Havertz. Like yeah, ninetieth minute of Havertz offside. Yeah, I think bringing Kepa on. I don't know if it was the right decision. I don't. I don't like this thing about bringing players on just to take a penalty just before the shootout. I know if it works and you're just like, oh, you know, what a decision. And if if it doesn't work, then you know it's it's your fault. You have to take responsibility. But mm. for me, I know I know Kepa's probably the better penalty keeper, as he's yeah. probably. I think he's won the last three consecutive shootouts. He beat us as well uh, in the FA, in the League Cup run, actually, when the kids played. Uh, but, you know, Mendy was having a good game and I think it was probably better to keep him on. It was like when they bought, when they brought Mark Noble on for West Ham and he missed his penalty. And then the three England players that obviously came on, uh, Sancho, Rashford and Saka, and, you know, they all, they all missed the For me, the only time that it's ever worked is when we brought Yedinak on for that playoff semi-final. Um, West three, Brom, yeah, against West Brom, and you know he came on and scored it. But again, it's it's just fine margins. It's it's risky. It's a massive risk. And Kepa was doing all these mind games, which you know I, I wouldn't want to be taking a pen against him. But in the end, he, he messed his own up. Keller, for example, by contrast, played no mind games whatsoever. So that was a bit surprising to see. Just carried on with his game, which was the best thing for him, and he just stuck to the task at hand and he scored his own penalty. Yeah, and you know, winning fair, penalty, which it turned out to be as well, which is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. fair play to Van Dyke as well. You know, putting that penalty in top left where Kepa was standing, Kepa saw sort of gave him the right. Mm. And you know, on his side, I think maybe he should have saved that one, but it probably just wasn't up to speed. Yeah, saying it's one pen, but you have to remember, like, those people, he's not really had a proper kick. I think he just took a goal kick and that was it. He's not really had a save to make all game or anything like that. So, um, yeah, I thought the penalties were good quality, a lot of them, especially like the first 10. I think uh, Fabinho, you know, sent defensive mid, like, you know, chipping Kepa as well. It's, it's crazy. Brilliant, that. It's so good. Reese James's penalty was probably my favourite as well. I like the way he just stares and down. He has that, he has that stone cold face. And it's yeah, yeah. so funny when you watch Reese James play because he's always like, oh, yeah, I'm a quiet person off the pitch, but on, on the field, I'm more of an animal, a monster. And there was he, a. Yeah, it's such a sick Reese James quote to have. Yeah, sorry, I was going to say there's another thing that I sort of realised as well. I don't know if you caught it, but when Jorginho was walking up to his penalty and Salah was walking back, Salah was number five. Don't jump. Yeah, he says don't jump, but it's surprising the saying like, uh, it's Mo Salah post-Afghan villain arc or something is going on now. Mm. Uh, yeah, He's trying to get some redemption or something for, for not winning Afghan as well and for being that fifth penalty taker when they never had the chance, when you never had the chance to take it as well, which is incredible as well. Um, but yeah, Liverpool are the winners of the League Cup. It was incredible to see how uh, Jurgen Klopp managed that. And he's someone who famously doesn't really go for these kind of domestic competitions as well. But do you really think Liverpool have it in them to win the quadruple this season? Or are we just in for a really good title race this season with Liverpool coming back into it? I think I think Liverpool can do it. But I believe Liverpool probably prefer winning to win the Prem. And I think Man City would rather win this, the Champions League. Yeah. Um, Obviously, wherever you get, you know, a lot of people do say the League Cup's over Mickey Mouse trophy and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I think it's the opposite. I think it's such a good trophy to win, considering when it's, you know, over and done with, you know, in March. You know, you've still got the sort of business end of the season left, you know, 13 Prem games, you know, Champions League. Where is it? Quarterfinals now? Quarter, uh, round of 16. Round of, but, you know, it's nearly done. So, you're halfway mm. through that. So, you know, in that sort of business end, FA Cup's there as well. But, it gives your players that feeling of winning something that, you know, that they have won something. So I think that was the way Mourinho did quite well when he came in at Chelsea, you know, he tried to win that league cup. Pep as well. How many has he won? Like four. He beat us 
two years ago today actually i posted on instagram when i was there mm. that was lockdown uh when we went wembley uh, me and my brother but yeah i think the it's a great... with the aston villa goal as well incredible yeah. And then, you know, we missed at the end. But I think it's a great trophy to win, to give your players that belief that they can go to Wembley, they can win on that big pitch. And, you know, they, they can sort of cope with that sort of pressure because a lot of teams play so well in every single round and then the occasion just gets to them. But yeah. imagine you already won it. You just, you play the occasion better than a team that's not. And you know what? If you won it, you're going into the last sort of 10 games of the league and, and you know you've already won something anyway. So... Either way, you feel like you've had a good season and the pressure's off slightly, I'd say. You've had so, that confidence of winning something as well, so you know yeah. you can do it again if you needed to do it. It's oh, brilliant. Important. And the mind and state. I think confidence is in football. You know, it's <laughs> you can't even, like, you know, talk about how important it is. Mm. But, yeah, for me, it's, it's definitely a great way to start. Definitely. I know I wanted to talk about um, Marcelo Bielsa and how he got sacked from um, Leeds United because... I found that quite funny. I can't even lie. Because it's literally one of those things that he was just uncompromising. He's unwilling to change the way he's playing. Even though Leeds are in the relegation dogfight at the moment as well. They're playing Leicester on uh, Saturday, I believe, or Friday. Saturday, I think it is, which is going to be a good game for uh, Jesse Marsh, the new manager, to come in and actually uh, implement his new system. So Jesse Marsh, for anyone who's listening and doesn't really know who he is, is an American coach. Uh, he's played. He's managed for... RB Salzburg under Ralph Ragnick has done uh, RB Leipzig as well, which has been incredible for him as well. He's another one of these big, passionate managers oppressing from the front, speed, aggression, highly developing players into these big machines that can win all the time. When he was in um, Chicago Fire, he, he came in as a new manager and they didn't want him to, uh, to be the manager. And he had like a little forum with, with the coaches and the fans were there as well. I was like fully liked him. I was like, no, 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 I'm going to do it. If I do it, you'll, you'll like me a bit more. But if I don't do it, then you can sack me, which is perfectly fine. So it's a very open manager. So I think that'll be something that the Premier League will really welcome. And it's someone that's actually done like a, a really good... Is done, is that, I would say it's done really well in the Premier League. So um, in the Bundesliga and the uh, Austrian League as well. He's done really well against Premier League teams as well. Uh, Liverpool, when RB Salzburg was there as well, it's been under RB Leipzig as well. But I think it's a big addition to the Premier League because a lot of people, they'll be going, who is this Jesse Marsh guy? And Man United actually wanted him as Ralph Ragnick's assistant coach uh, when he came in, but he never got to um, something about visa or leaving his job at the same time. But incredible. It's, it's one of those things that when you see coaches actually developing these players and seeing some of these players, like some Pats and Dak are coming through uh, RB Salzburg as well and you had so many other players doing really well under him as well it's going to be good to see how someone who worked under uh, Bob Bradley who also used to work at Swansea in the Premier League as well and used to work with under and at the USA national team as well it's going to be good to see how this this manager does and for, for me personally I think he'll keep them up I'm going to put my neck on it. I think I think I think he'll keep them up he'll go game by game he won't overhype the reality of it and I think he'll probably do pretty well with Leeds. Do you know much about Jesse March? Are you looking forward to seeing him in the Premier League signing? I've read some articles and stuff about him, so I've, I've got a vague idea. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm the most clued person. Hmm. I know he's that good in the Bundesliga. Yeah. I think that, you know, we joke about Bielsa being Arif's uncle and stuff and how Arif used to say that he understood, like, he loves the way he speaks even though he doesn't understand a word of Spanish. Through the translator. Uh, he loves the translator. That's yeah. 
but I, I think I think that Leeds were wrong to sack Bielsa, mm. and I I do actually quite feel feel quite bad for Bielsa as well. I think he didn't deserve to lo- lose his job. He's had a lot of injury problems this season. His team were burnt out, like we spoke before, and you know next season was the one where they could sort of come back firing again. Yeah, I know he did too many goals. That was key problem, but you know missing Calvin and Bamford as well. And big players, big personalities as well for Leeds United. And it's not easy to just replace them and their no. work ethic and their goals and their tackles and everything that they put into it. Yeah, so I think I think he was very unlucky to lose his job. I know that they're in a bad situation, but he should have had enough goodwill in the bank to think where he took them from like some mid-table championship team with like no hopes of promotion whatsoever. Mm. You know, at Leeds, a big team. You know, I live near Leeds now. So I, I know how big of a team they are. A lot of people at work are Leeds fans and... They, they absolutely love Bielsa and he's done a lot for the community and for the people around here too. Like so many people, like he'll see like loads of fans and he'll go up and he'll talk to them and he'll um, spend time with them. And it was like a time where he was coaching some under 11 kids, you know, on a day off or something like that. I think he did that yesterday as well. That's what I was telling you on the group chat. I think he was like literally like out of school or something. He was just coaching them. I was like, That's yeah. incredible. I was like, like, I think once he saw like a disabled fan, um, yeah. A, a young a young person um, in like a wheelchair and he came over to her and you know he took photos with her and stuff and it's just just the small things that meant a lot to Leeds fans it wasn't even the fact that he was such a good manager for them but I think it was more of a he brought this sort of culture back to Leeds that they are a big club but more so than that he showed a lot for the community and he did a lot for the community and I think he's going to be a great miss and now I just I feel like if there was anyone to keep them up, it would have been Bielsa. But, you know, now if, if they go down, like, you know, maybe they'll look back and, you know, I think they made the wrong decision here. Yeah, because even with me, like, I, I was never one of Bielsa's big fans, but I love the way that he played. I love the way that he'd go through it properly as well. But it's just one of those things that he, he brought a lot of goodwill into that community, into the city of Leeds, into the team of Leeds United as well. I mean, to be fair, they're 16th. I mean, they're what? Uh, they've got two games over like Burnley and Everton respectively and they're only one point above which is incredible um, just to say the least as well so we'll see if Jesse Marsh can actually do it and if he can actually uh, bring some good times back to Ellen Road and this was literally their first season when they had fans in the Premier League as well like we mentioned as well which will be great so um, literally we've got so much to really see how Leeds United end up doing yeah. but now, now we're going to be talking a bit more about you know we talked about a six aside I wanted to talk about the six aside of penalties. So like penalty takers and penalty uh, keepers that have done really well as well. So um, I think this would be this would be perfect timing because I think Amar's joining us. If Amar joins us, that'd be great. Um, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, sorry. Yes, yeah. Amar. I brought a smile again to our faces. How are you doing? You okay? Yeah, alhamdulillah. How are you? Yeah, good alhamdulillah. So we're on the second half of the podcast at the moment. So our listeners will be like, Amar's joined us at this time, which is cool. Um, but yeah, literally what it is, is we're doing our six aside of um, penalty takers and then like one saver as well, which would be great. So, um, Amma, why don't you talk to us about if you had to pick one penalty taker for our six aside team, who would it be and why? Ronaldo. So Ronaldo, Champions League 2017, I think it was. Yeah. Atletico Madrid. Absolutely Maybe. phenomenal. Just just okay yeah like the Real Madrid Ronaldo is absolutely insane like great but 100% Ronaldo the first thing that comes to my mind when you say uh, yeah literally just composure exactly what you want taking a 
a high stakes penalty potentially. Fantastic. Salem, who are you going for next? Uh, so, so for my keeper, basically, is that how I'm doing it? Or we'll do it all as one team. To be fair, one team. We will get two picks each. Okay, so I'll I'll pick um, I'll pick a keeper. I'll pick Emmy Martinez. As okay. you probably his mind games and stuff. He's actually a really good penalty saver. Like mm. I've actually saved quite a few penalties, maybe five or six so far. Got a um, really good save rate as well, which is incredible yeah. for a modern day keeper as well, which is great. Doesn't he's so only- much. You're really good at saving Ben, so yeah, for me, Emmy. I'm going to go as a bit of a curveball here. I'm going to throw Didier Drogba in. I think Didier Drogba is a really good penalty taker, but he never got first-choice penalties at Chelsea, if you remember. It was always Frank Lampard. Yeah. But I think, I think Didier Drogba in, in clutch situations with the penalties, I think he's very good. And it was always very fun to watch taking penalties as well. So that, that's, who, that's who I've got as my first pick as well. Amar, do you reckon you could find out any defenders or midfielders, any of these obscure penalty takers that you thought could join the team? Um, from the um from the current Premier League, like just from, from anywhere. Oh, from like yeah, Yaya just Yaya absolute, absolute monster at penalties, just huge. Mm. I remember seeing some stat where he just like just keeps banging it in, and I'm, I'm yeah, yeah, I remember seeing that. Yeah, he's never missed a penalty. One hundred percent penalty record. I'm just uh, like, th- who takes that many that many penalties? Has got hundred percent perfection record. That's incredible. That's a yeah. really good shot because I never knew that as well. It's so nicely done. Man's just turned up with the stats as well. Brilliant. <laughs> That's why I was late. I was doing research. <laughs> doing research. I think he actually beat Matt Letizia as well. You know, Matt Letizia had like the highest, and then Yaya Torre actually beat him which is incredible as well I think he did mm. Salim who's your second pick uh, there was a few good ones uh, I was thinking of uh, but for me Gareth Barry was one that used to take them for us and he always, he just always scored them I've missed one mm. but he was really good and then there was a guy at, uh, sorry there was Balotelli as well that was quite good at them too but yeah probably wouldn't I'd probably go Gareth Barry go for Gareth Barry Got a Man City midfielder, haven't we? Yaya Torre and Gareth Barry in, in the team, which is incredible. <laughs> I think this may be one of the first joint six sides when I'm not going to put in a Man United player. And Amar's on it for us, which is great. But I think if you go for penalties, I think you have to go for... Some people may disagree, but I think you have to go for... I'm thinking of rather Sergio Ramos or I'm thinking of Thierry Henry. Go on, let's have a little debate. Salim, who would you rather have in this team? Not because Ramos is a defender, but because he actually does take some sick penalties. Ramos or Thierry Henry, who would you back? Because Thierry Henry's got a really good record for Arsenal and for France. Yeah, they both both got good records, but obviously Henry is like, you know, a striker, clinical finisher. Mm. But Ramos is somebody that you probably wouldn't expect to be a decent taker. So I don't know. I'd probably go Ramos just for the fact that he's not... I, I reckon Henry's probably a better taker, but... Just get Ramos in the list because um, nice to have a defender in the team too. Yeah, you going for Ramos as well, Amar? Yeah, I just think like like for the fact that he's been taking penalties in clutch situations for so long for Real Madrid, sort of helps him out as well. Like, don't get me wrong, Henri's Henri, but Ramos is just a you can't have a six-a-side team without a defender. It's going to be unbalanced. Yeah, it's true. Don't think Drogba wants to play centre back, so that make that makes it. Because I think he has one of the, I think Ramos has one of the longest uh, penalty streaks in football history, like sixty, literally from like two thousand six, 
So currently, twenty-two penalties are scored in a row. Wow. Which is which is filthy. Like like it's it's literally like when you think about it, it's actually filthy of, of how yeah. long it actually takes. Pretty sure that's when like records begun and stats begun and all of that as well. So oh, yeah, I'll, I'll go I'll go with the team. We've got Emmy Martinez. By the way, Roberto Cheni would have been my goalkeeper choice. That Brazilian goalkeeper would take free kicks and penalties. Just come up from the back always. Rodrigo said, yeah, that guy. That guy. Uh, so we've got Emmy Martinez in there. We've got Sergio Ramos. We've got Yaya Torre. We've got Didier Drogba, Cristiano Ronaldo. And we've got Gareth Barry. I say we change Gareth Barry for somebody better. Why? <laughs> Don't you want to put, put on Rian? Let's, no, let's think of a midfielder. Who's a good midfielder for penalties? I'm part in, you know. I will Lampard. never forgive Lampard for missing that penalty in Germany against Portugal. That's the thing for me. Like the one time he missed the penalty when I wanted him to score. All right, um, I'll get everyone better than Jorginho. I don't want. I don't want. I don't want oh. Jorginho. Could throw in Harry Maguire with his with his ones as well. He's actually got some good penalty takers though. Mm. He's some proper good penalty takers. This is going to be difficult. Van Persie. Van Persie is quality. James Ward-Prowse, Harry Kane, Harry Kane. How have we got Harry Kane? Yes, we Ward-Prowse. Because he's done nothing this season. That's what. Yeah, he a... turned up against Man City, and that was it, really, was it? Harry Kane's a sick penalty taker. Ward-Prowse, but we'll put Ward-Prowse in the free kick episode if you want. Yeah, we'll do a free kicks one soon, and we'll be like, if he's better than Beckham or not. And Me- we haven't we forgot Messi. Messi. Messi misses quite a few though, but he scored a lot too. We forget yeah. we forgot we forgot Bruno Fernandez for a certain reason yeah. in at Salah. We didn't want to mention him. Um, yeah. man like Bruno. Even though I've seen him miss one. But yeah, Bruno, somebody that you you know you put your mortgage on him to score a pen. That's true. That really is true. Oh, this is this is crazy. Who are we going for? Bruno. We're going Bruno. for Bruno? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go for Why? Bruno. Bruno Fernandez makes it instead of Gareth Barry, which is fantastic. But then again, Jorginho, you know, guys nah, scores penalties. Now nah, we'll stick with it. This, this is too tempting. This is way too tempting. Which is we're never gonna leave. It's gonna look hard, but then, yeah, Bruno Portuguese Magnifico. It's him. It's him, and he hasn't really scored. I don't think he scored a penalty this season as well because Ronaldo's nah, taken penalties. That's just our luck, yes. Yeah, true. Um, but yeah, speaking of luck, we've got the most amazing Manchester derby coming up this weekend. Yay. <laughs> I'm not happy about this weekend. Amma, how are we drawing to Watford? How are we losing on penalties to Middlesbrough? And the team just can't finish their dinner. We really can't finish their dinner. It's awful what I'm seeing from Manchester United at the moment. You think with the strike force that they had, they would have they wouldn't have that problem just being able to like score for fun. Mm. But you'd expect them to be a bit defensively leaky, but yeah, it's just just shambles all over the show. I just, I, I think the one good bright prospect is Anthony Alanga. He's doing really well. I'm a big fan of Anthony Alanga. He's one of those youngsters who just works hard every game that you see him and yeah. is still humble and is still putting in the miles. And it's great to see he's actually one of the few players that's actually following the gay compressing system that Ralph Ragnick set up when he first came to Manchester United because a lot of the players will do it for like 15, 20 minutes in a game and just stop, which is embarrassing. So, it's good to see Anthony Alanga getting some good plaudits for once, especially after that penalty miss against Middlesbrough. But Salim, do you really think there's a chance that Manchester City will really start slipping up anytime soon? Because I don't see that happening. 
they're just a really well-oiled machine. I think I think that it's quite interesting running running, sorry, because I think Man City and Liverpool are yet to play United, and I think Arsenal too. Mm. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's a you know, it depends now. Would you would you rather beat Man City and help you know your top four run, or would you rather Man City win and they you know sort of beat Liverpool to the title? So it's sort of what would you prefer? But yeah, it's good. You know, it's always a good game, Manchester Derby. <laughs> Is it though? This happened to me once. This happened to me once. I went to a game where Man United were playing Man City and Man City needed to win against Man United. So it was that season when they we had like goal difference points, Dallin. So I was there at the game and I'm just there like, if Man United lose, I don't mind it. We lost 2-0 and I'm just there like fully vexed and angry. Oh my God, Man City shouldn't win the league. I want Liverpool to win now. Goodness sake. I just realised that it's just out of my hands. Like for now because we're in March, I want Man United to decimate, annihilate, just ruin Manchester City. We probably won't, but I still want them to win. <laughs> we just we just won't. I know we won't. I don't think there's that, anything... Last season, that McTominay scored that goal and made it 2-0 and all that stuff happened. So, yeah. And then yeah, there was that, that... That was the season after. That was the season after. And then that's actually how Liverpool just ended up securing uh, the league yeah, title as well. There was that one where you were sort of... Um, 2-0 down at half-time and Pogba comes... Pogba yeah, comes, like three, Pogba, yeah, 3-2. Pogba so, yeah. wasn't it? Pogba 2 and in 1. Smalling, yeah. Texas and Pogba that, you know, turned up that day properly. But in that game, it could easily have just been the other way around, whereby... Man City won the league that day. Yeah, Man City could win the league, you know, in front of you lot. It's not somebody... But yeah, you know, away from home and you beat Pep Guardiola. Yeah, it would have been embarrassing as well. But that's the thing with when Man United go to Manchester City under Pep Guardiola, he's only beaten us once at the Etihad. The rest we've beaten him, which is very odd to say out loud. And we've drawn one or two as well. Very odd to say out loud, Amma, because you're just there thinking, Solskjaer really did a number against him when he was playing away. Last yeah. season, we beat them 2-0 and they were on fire. Martial obliterated Ruben Diaz. Luke Shaw scored that amazing goal. But Amma, do you really see a Man United uh, victory on Sunday? Or do you reckon yeah. it could be something special? Um... Like, obviously, I hope United win, but I mm. think it's going to be a case of if United do win, it's going to be like a scrappy 1 0 win and like defend like dogs for the remaining however long um, and then try and hit on the counter. That's how I see it going if United do get ahead. But I think there's just so much it's like City plays so well and so cohesively as a team, mm. it, it's difficult to keep them quiet. Even Arsenal this season, like they did really well against them. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, they just crumbled at the last little bit, which hopefully doesn't happen. But you never know with these. Yeah, that's exactly it. You never know how it's going to go. But I'll, I'll back Manchester City to beat Man United. But obviously, I'm hoping Man United actually win because we need a win. It's, it's one of those things that when you're watching Man United, and just like they just don't want to play for the rest of the season. They're just done, which is really sad to see. Um, Salim, I know you may have to go in a bit. So I just wanted to preview the Aston Villa versus Southampton game that you got at home and literally how Danny Yings is going to play against Southampton and if Steven Gerrard is actually doing a pretty good job at the moment because there have been some question marks about him tactically. There have been some question marks about if he's got enough about him to actually push them for that top European spot as well, Europa League, Conference League. I just wanted to know a bit more of your thoughts since the last time we spoke, obviously. Yeah, I know we've been on quite a bad patch, but we got a good win against Brighton. I, I don't think I don't think that Steven Gerrard's not the man. I think he is the right man. I just think he needs some more time with the players, a proper preseason, and maybe he needs to bring in two or three of his own players. Because yeah. I know that sort of 
Bisuma and a few other people like that. Uh, but yeah, for me, you know, I think I think we just need uh, he just needs more time with them, and I, I feel like the players are still adapting to his style of play. So in his first couple of games, they showed like an, a graphic showing like players' average positions, and then they showed like the last two before Brighton, and players were sort of really badly out positioned. So. I think it was just sorting out the basics whereby, you know, if one full back goes forward, the other one sort of stays at the halfway line. It was just stuff like that. But I yeah. thought we could hold the Brighton game, you know, without having much possession. We we had control of the game whereby you never felt like, oh, we were going to concede a goal. And it did feel like one goal was enough, but obviously we got a second one anyway. But yeah, I, I think he's the right man. I just feel like he needs a bit more time. And, um, you know, I definitely think we can get that top 10 by the end of the season and, you know, maybe next year push on for more. Yeah. Amma, what are your first thoughts of Steven Gerrard's um, time at Aston Villa so far for yourself? Um, it was started off really promisingly, um, really, really well. And I think it's just that sort of new manager battle to the first couple of games. But then, I, yeah, I think I agree with Sam, just players getting used to his sort of system, um, making sure that the players are playing his way. Mm. Um, that's mainly... I'd say that's mainly the thing, but they played really, really, they played really well. I just think, you know, I think the Brighton game, that 2-0 victory was a good sort of turning point for them and then need to uh, sort of keep that form going, really. And it's nice to see, um, what's the name he scored? The striker again. Um, what's the name? The What's the name he scored? Which one? The second goal? Second goal, yeah. Who is I'm, it? Ivan Tony? No. Yeah, he's back amongst the goals because he was on such a horrible grout, grout, goal drought. Hey, what was nice to see. Yeah, no, yeah, Watkins, that was it. Hmm. Uh, nice to see him. The one that signed for Brentford? Yeah. Yeah, it was nice to see him back amongst the goals because um, he was on such a horrible draw. Because I remember seeing something like like Villa have a problem on hands, two strikers that aren't scoring. Hmm. Um, but now that he's back, I think he just needs that one goal to like kickstart him, get that confidence back up and running. Yeah, it's it was been a while since um, we saw Ollie Watkins do consistent goals as well. But like Salim always says, he's just um, left the podcast for our listeners. Um, yeah, he just needs a run of games and it'll be good to go. And is one of the most pressing strikers that you see um, in in football as well, which is which is incredible to see. Um, but yeah, Amal, just to finish off the podcast, I just wanted to get a, a quick fire Premier League preview with you done, if that's cool, because there's a lot to discuss for this weekend coming up, despite what we just spoke about as well. So. Uh, Leicester versus Leeds, win, lose or draw. Who are you going for? Hey, that rhymes as well. That's quite funny as well. I have a feeling it's going to be a draw. Mm. Leicester have been in a bit of a poor performance recently. Same with Leeds, but then Leeds have got rid of Bielsa, got the new guy in. Yeah. Um, new manager bounce. I think he'll maybe want to focus on sorting them out defensively. Mm-hmm. So, not conceding a goal and then sort of build from there. I, I think that's going to be a draw. I, I don't see them getting. I don't see anyone sort of scraping a win really in that game. Yeah, because I think Lee, uh, Leicester out of the FA Cup as well, so they lost not even Forest last round, so they're not going to have a game in the middle of the week as well. So it's going to be fun to see how it goes. Aston Villa versus Southampton. I'm going to go for a Southampton win. I think Aston Villa will. I think they'll they'll put up a good fight, but Southampton. They're slowly but surely doing their stuff, and I say this every time we speak about them. Ralph Hasenhutz was a very fun manager. Um, for, for football as well. It's very fun to watch. His teams are very fun to watch as well. Uh, Rob Ward Prowse, again, fantastic player. And I think he's going to 
continue to do really well for them. And I think it's going to be fun to see how Steven Gerrard combats the Southampton side as well. Easy yeah. one for you, Amma. Burnley versus Chelsea. <laughs> Chelsea to win. Um, you, Chelsea. Yeah. I'd like to see Lukaku start this game against Burnley. Big physical battle. What are your thoughts on Romelu Lukaku? Do you reckon he, he needs to leave again? Do you reckon he's just not the right player for Thomas Tuchel? He did show some promise, but I think with the whole Inter Milan saga, just get rid of him. You don't want to play it like that. He do, he's openly come out and said he, doesn't, he wants to go back to where he's come from. Just get rid mm-hmm. of him. Just take a loss. Take it on the chin and just, just carry on. Sign someone else uh, and just keep going. Yeah. Just find someone that fits Thomas Tuchel's system better as well, which makes it easier. Newcastle versus Brighton. Oh, this is a tough one because recently I've been saying uh, Graham Potter's been a pretty good manager to watch. His teams are very fun to watch. But Newcastle are slightly doing their thing. They're slightly doing their thing, sorry, I should say, under Eddie Howe. And Kieran Trippier was a great signing. He's injured but still um, in his yeah. squad. Guimaraes is settling in. Chris Wood finally scored on the weekend as well. I'm going to go for a Newcastle win. I think Newcastle really on the bounce, a really good form at the moment. And I think literally it's one of those things that talking about them in a the relegation battle is just a thing of the past now. I think they'll just move out within the next month and maybe aim for probably 11th, 12th in, in the table. That's, yeah. that's how I think about that. Just avoid relegation, start fresh next season. Yeah. And build from there here. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Clear out house and get some new blood in. It'll be brilliant for Newcastle. Not for the rest of the Premier League, but really good for Newcastle. It should be fun. Uh, you got the boring one, I apologise. Norwich versus Brentford. Brentford to win. Brentford. I don't see. I don't see Norwich ha- like having a fight to mm. keep themselves in it. Um, but I think it's going to be like a scrappy sort of one nil, like boring all the way up until like the eighty fifth minute where someone like accidentally scores a goal, and then it's just going to be depressing after that. Hopefully, it's Christian Eriksen. He came back last week as well, which is fantastic. Yeah, back playing football. Definitely, and Brentford were the one that took a chance on him, so it's good to see how he actually did. Um, in the Premier League again. Still got it. Going to take a couple of games for him to get up to scratch. And I don't know. I don't know when we're going to see him start again. If he, if he can start a game, if he, if he does, it'll be fantastic. We'll see how he recovers. It'll be brilliant. Wolves versus Crystal Palace. And Wolves have been a very fun team to watch this season. They're normally very boring, but like we've spoken last time, Emma, about how uh, Bruno Lage has just come in and just dominated with, with his way of playing over Wolverhampton players as well. It's been great to see how it goes. Patrick Vieira has kind of fizzled out in a way. I think Zaha scored last game, which is great um, for his confidence. But I'll go for a Wolves win. They're playing at home. It's going to be fun to see how, how Wolves do. And I really like the fact that Pedro Neto is back from injury. He's a fun player to watch. Very exciting. And someone who I think everyone should really look out for and hopefully does really well. Um, and that's coming. I think Pedro Neto, I say this a lot about Wolves players. I'm on. Wolves fans won't like me for saying it. A lot of their players are good enough for like top six, top five European football as well. So but I think that's what Wolves are aiming for is to be a top six, mm. a top five team. So yeah. having those players there is a good boost for them. Um, but yeah, a lot of the players you could see comfortably signing for other bigger teams. You see how Adama Traore moved to Barcelona on loan and now he's got like more assists than he had in like the whole Premier League seasons for the last two years. It's incredible. It's actually incredible to see how, how Adama Traore is just doing at Barcelona with Aubameyang and Dembele up front. It's fantastic. Because I've always I've always slated Adamo Troy. I thought he was just a pace merchant. Yeah. Really no product, runs down the wing, can't cross to save his life. Yeah. Uh, but clearly he's proved us wrong in the La Liga. 
clearly Xavi is just doing wonders on him, which is brilliant to see as well. Fantastic for the football world as well. Because it's out of the Premier League, so I can enjoy it a bit more, which is great. Uh, <laughs> uh, you got the fun one, actually, of the weekend. We spoke about the Manchester derby already. So you got the fun one on Saturday. Liverpool versus West Ham. This will be a big game at Anfield. Uh, I, I see Liverpool winning. Um, uh, like West Ham playing really well, mm. but I just don't see them having enough quality to get past Liverpool's front three, front four, front five. That was your phone, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, it, I don't see anyone getting past it. It's ridiculous. Just I, the end. I asked Salim earlier this this podcast as well if they had it in them to do the quadruple. What do you think? Do you reckon they can win at least one more trophy? FA Cup, Champions League, Premier League? Um, I could probably say Champions... No, the FA Cup is a good shout for them. Mm. A lot of good, tough teams in the Champions League. Don't get me wrong, obviously, they won it before, but I just feel the FA Cup would be their, their best chance of doing it again. Brilliant. Yeah, it's true. And a lot of big teams from the FA Cup have been eliminated as well. So that'll be something. I think they've got Norwich in the FA Cup this week as well. So I'm pretty sure they'll win that. By the time this gets out, we'll know if they've won or not, which yep. will be great as well. Um, then we've got Watford at home to Arsenal on Super Sunday at 2 o'clock. So that will be like probably the most irrelevant game for me that week because I'll be just focused on the 4.30 game that the Etihad later on in the game. In the day, sorry. Watford, I don't think they're, they're that great. I think we really ruined them last week. And to be fair, I'm quite glad I didn't go to the game because I was going to go to the game, but like, um, just didn't get tickets. Like, I put the day off to get tickets. I'm, I'm like, nah. So I had a nice day with my cousins. It was good instead to not go to the game. And a lot, of, I've noticed a lot of these weekend games I'm on were actually quite crap in the Premier League. Have you realised? Actually quite crap. Yeah. What, Burnley... Um, Watford uh, who else can I talk about West Ham I know we won in the last second last kick of the ball but drawing 0-0 the whole game yeah the, the thing is uh, with the Watford game we we had the chances it was mm. just it was just horrible no one had their shooting boots on or the finishing boots on did you so, see that talent from Bruno Fernandes when he didn't pass it to Ronaldo who was uh, yeah, I, saw, I saw a screenshot of it uh, Harrison side it just gold get the points keep going so so bad but no Arsenal in a rich vein of form as well so I really think Mikel Arteta will take these lots of fourth I think they're going to be the finished fourth and get to the Champions League because I'm looking at it thinking Man United just don't want it enough if they wanted it enough they would have passed properly as well it was like the um, uh, what did I see there was another game that we saw a couple of weeks ago I forgot who it was but there's basically a, a chance where Sancho could have passed it to Ronaldo Bruno and Elanga but he shot instead. And you're like, all three of them are in better positions. That yeah. player who got convicted of rape did it a lot earlier in the season as well. Marcus Rashford does it all the time a lot. I'm like, they just shoot for themselves, man. If you're, actual, if you're, if you're actually a team, you'd actually do things better for the team. But they're clearly not. It's embarrassing. The defence is a lot better, though. I like Lindelof and Brown. They're a very good partnership together. Yeah, I, I, was, I was saying this a while. Lindelof and Brown are just... A great would just be a great sort of partnership. You got the leadership of Varane, the experience of Varane, mm. just all paired with um, Lindelof, especially his. I can't remember who it was against, but his just surging run forward where he just pushed Leeds. it through. Leeds. Leeds, just surging yeah. run forward, just 
I don't think he gets that confidence from Moran, which I don't think he would. But if Maguire was there, I don't think he would have done that run with yeah. Maguire yeah. there. So, it's, yeah. It's, no, it's true. It's one of those things as well. We have, we have to see how it kind of goes going forward as well. If Maguire does stay out of the team, would it be better um, for Man United? I personally think it would because, again, he's not really shown much in terms of like captain material from what I've seen recently as well. So it's going to be fun yeah. to see how he actually does going forward as well. But yeah, that was the kind of end of our Premier League preview. So thank you for going through that with me, Amar. One last thing I wanted to talk to you about before we end the podcast is UEFA Champions League. The UEFA Champions League. The Europa League and the Conference League. They got rid of all the Russian clubs, which is crazy. We're not going to talk about war in the podcast, but it's crazy how they just got rid of them. I find that incredible because I know they can do it, but it's like all the Russian clubs are just like, what the hell? We can't do anything about it now. And it's, it's crazy, but they got rid of their sponsors. Man United got rid of their sponsors. And I just wanted to ask you, you know how people talk about they don't do enough for racism. They need to be doing more for racism and stuff like that. But when there's obviously this war that's happened or happening at this moment in time, I should say, again, last time you were on the podcast, we nearly got like, our IP addresses raided by like Qatar people as well like, <laughs> for what we said on the podcast. So hopefully we don't. Hopefully it'll be like the Russians and the and Ukrainians not listening to this, which would be great as well. But I just wanted to know, like literally, if if UEFA FIFA can do all of these things to get rid of Russian teams, why can't they do that to get rid of like like racist fans, racist clubs, racist players? It goes to show that they just don't care. From what I've seen, it's. Double standards at the highest level, I would say. Yeah, there's many reasons behind it, which you can spend sort of a, a year and a day speaking about. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's obviously it's a shame what's happening um, currently at the moment. But I suppose the the actions that have been taken kind of questioned like previous actions that they've done. Like yeah. if they had the power to do this before, why didn't they? Because uh, a lot of fans will be more concerned for their club if they were just pulled out of a, a cup for being racist, they mm. would all think more carefully about their actions. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's, it, like I said, it's a conversation you can have for, for forever and never really get anywhere with it. But, yeah, it's just one of those things, unfortunately. Unfortunately, that's, that's the case. But that's how it is, unfortunately, like you just said, in this day and age, it's incredible. But... We will end. We will, we will end the podcast with a more positive note. Emma, I just wanted to know if you've been watching the Champions League. Um, if you watched the last round of sixteen, I know we've got the groups. The next round, the second leg coming up. Has anyone really caught your eye from the games that you've been watching, or from what you've been seeing? Um, from the Atletico game, I've not really watched much of the uh, round of sixteen, but from the Atletico game. Um, there was a centre back who played just really immense. I can't remember his name, Rodriguez or something like that. Mm. Um, but he played Lodi as well. Played just amazing. Um, just but then that's sort of what you expect from uh, Diego Simeone team. It, it played really well. I've not had a chance. Obviously, Alanga for scoring sort of the yeah. equaliser, but it's no, no one no one really stood out because it wasn't a game of individuals. Yeah. It was team performances, really. Yeah. Um, 
it was more, it's not like, it's not like Mr. Champions League himself stood up and single-handedly dragged them to the, to the next round, which hopefully could happen uh, next week. But you, you just got to say, it's just sort of an overall, everyone played well as a team. Um, just unfortunate the way that they conceded. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the centre-backs, they had what, Jimenez, Savic, they had that Reynaldo guy as well, who they bought from Lille. So those are the centre-backs they had. Uh, Atletico Madrid and obviously like you said Elanga I thought he deserved to start that game Marcus Stratford did nothing to really um, warrant a start and it's been quite sad to see how some of these players like Cavani um, not really coming back from injury as quick uh, Martial had to go out on loan we literally have like the same starting 11 now um, for like the rest of the season minus one or two players because it's crazy to see how it goes as well I, I think with the with Elanga not starting I think he wanted more the speed of Alanga against tiring legs in the later half of the game, which worked out. But again, you should really have... Uh, I think they just need to start rotating a bit more, maybe change up the, the way it goes. Uh, yeah. Hopefully we'll see Cavani back soon because I just love him as a striker. Absolute professional. Um, just a great striker. You watch him and you can sort of learn a lot about how to be a good poacher. Yes. Instinct so, finisher. Yeah, literally just put him in, just watching his game, you just see like his movement and, and stuff like that. He's saying, I'd love to see Cavani and Ronaldo up front, but they just they just wouldn't work. You, we've tried to see it under Ralph Ragnett previously as well, so it's going to be fun to see how he does in the second leg as well. But yeah, Ronaldo was a really good player to watch as well. And like you said, Lodi was a fantastic left wing back to see uh, in the Champions League as well. And I've really enjoyed watching... Uh, I think that's kind of it, really. I know we, we don't really have much to talk about in terms of the Champions League, but it's always fun to watch the Champions League, and especially the fact that you've got full crowds in most of these stadiums now as well. It's been fantastic to see how it goes. And even yeah. last week, um, was it Rangers beat uh, Dortmund, which is incredible. Incredible night for them. The final score was it 6 2? Yeah, it was like 6 2 on aggregate. No, yeah. 6, six 4 on aggregate, I think it was. Incredible football, which it, which it was kind of a shocking result if you think about it. Like you'd expect Dortmund to be blitzing Celtic, but no fair play to Celtic. The Celtic have a, a history. Rangers, of Rangers, 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 Rangers. Oh, <laughs> so people might get a bit upset there. Um, yeah, um, yeah. No, I just thought Rangers just deserved it. They wanted it more. They just played and wanted it more than Dortmund. You could see the passion in. Uh, Rangers is uh, players when they when they came away from the first result when he that was a shocking like first sort of first leg from them as well to just be what was it four nil up was it in the thingy yeah four it was like four nil up in in the Signet and Duna which was incredible and then they scored yeah. two just come back it's ridiculous and insane uh, I suppose they got a little bit lucky with the away goals also being taken away but. Yeah they still would have scored enough to go through anyway. Yeah, it's going to be odd to see how it goes without away goals this season as well. I'd like to see how it would be um, going forward because it could either be 2-2 and it just goes to extra time. But you're like, oh, the gameplay is just a lot different going forward as well. But no, I'm looking forward to the next part of the Champions League. Again, that was your phone. It wasn't anything suspect. So anyone listening, it's fine. Do not worry. Um, but yeah, let's, let's look forward to next week. I'm not looking forward to the Premier League, but I'm looking forward to the no, Champions League. Premier League doesn't exist uh, until on Monday. Yeah, that's what it is like now. Man United fans, we just don't look forward to the Premier League anymore. Just look forward to the Champions League. Even the neutral games in the Champions League, they're much better. They're much more entertaining to watch as well, which is fantastic. Um, 
but yeah, that's kind of it for this week's podcast. Everyone, thank you very much for listening. Emma, thanks for coming on to the podcast. Uh, make sure you listen to our new podcast. We started a new mental health series called The Beautiful Mind Game. So that's with myself and that's with uh, Millie Chandarana, who's a Blackburn Rovers footballer. So it's, it'll be great to hear your thoughts on that, something different completely. Because one of the feedback we got from our podcast, Emma, was, yeah, we're a football and mental health podcast, but we'll talk about mental health for like five, 10 minutes of a 60-minute episode. So I'm just like, okay, cool. We'll just do something separate. So we did. It is what it is. We listen to people who listen to us. We listen to the feedback, which is the best thing possible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Man United are going to lose. If, if they win next week, I'll do like a giveaway of some kind, which will be incredible. <laughs> I'll do some random... Give away one of your shirts. Yeah, I'll give away one of my shirts. And I'll, I'll be like, yeah, it needs to be done. But everyone, thank you very much for listening. Take care and goodbye.